hello, and welcome to our new show, Making a Difference, Episode 1, Democracy's Final Stand. I'm Eric Crossley, and we were on the air for 99 episodes. My partner, Dayron Arias in Florida, my producer, and who's done so much work on this show. Now we're back with our second version of the show after a hiatus for various reasons. But uh, my health is much better now, and I'm excited to be back with you. The show is called Making a Difference, and this is Episode 1, Democracy's Final Stand. It's a question mark. The reason it's a question mark is our previous show went back in 2016 and 17, actually even before the election, talking a lot about Donald Trump and the risks that he would make to the United States of America if he became president. At the time, we never really thought it would happen. Of course, one thing led to another, and it did. We still have our previous episodes from the other show, It's Time to Talk and Act, available and they are available on SoundCloud. But our new show is available on demand on Google Podcast, SoundView, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and SoundCloud. So we are excited to be back, Dayron and me and my partner, Senior Social, up here in the Baltimore, Washington area where it's kind of cold, but we're excited about the 49ers being in the Super Bowl. Why? Because, as you may remember, I was born and raised in California, even though I've lived in Maryland for about 40 years for the most part. And the 49ers are in the Super Bowl for the first time in seven years. So that's very exciting. What's not exciting is what is happening to our democracy. Now, if you go back to our old show and listen to the shows and it's time to talk and act, you'll find that we really, really were amazingly spot on regarding Donald Trump. Now, we weren't the only ones, but uh, President Trump has turned into a complete disaster. And now we're going to try to catch up, not with everything, because it's impossible to catch up with Donald Trump, according to The Washington Post uh, a couple of days ago, over 16,000 verified lies that he has told in his three years as president. Over 16,000. A lot of that's in Twitter, because the president, as you may know, lives on Twitter. Instead of doing policy, instead of helping the United States become a better country, the president is on Twitter all the time. He had 140 tweets during the first day of the Senate trial. What is the Senate trial? Well, President Trump, since we've been on the air, has been impeached. And he is now on trial in the Senate. Why was he impeached? Well, basically because... President Trump has committed numerous violations of the United States Constitution. He has worked with a foreign adversary, Russia and Vladimir Putin. And now he's pretty much doing anything he wants and saying anything he wants. So we'll try to get a handle on that in this episode, just to give you an idea of what's going on. The president was impeached and he was impeached on December the 18th. That is final, by the way, the president's impeachment despite what he may think, is not going to change. He will always be impeached, just like Bill Clinton was always impeached back in 1999. This is not about lying about a sexual act, however. This is about lying about working with Russia in the 2016 election to help Donald Trump get elected. And now Donald Trump is helping, working with Russia to help him get elected again in 2020. 
I mean, it is almost beyond belief what has happened since we've been gone. But we're going to go over a lot of it and talk about it and find out what is happening to our country. And really, do we have a future with democracy in the United States? It's a question everybody should be asking now, because what has happened is the Republican Party has gotten behind Donald Trump, and no matter what he does or says, no matter what heinous act he commits, no matter what treasonous act he commits, the Republicans are still supporting him, and they are doing that in the Senate. The Senate is 52-48 Republican, so it's unlikely the president's going to be convicted. I say unlikely, but not impossible. The trial's going on right now, and they're reiterating and going over everything they went over in the House. We're going to talk about some of that in this episode. More importantly, we're going to talk about what is the future of our country. I hope we do have a future, and we are excited to be back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to episode one of Making a Difference. I'm Eric Crossley, and we're excited to be back with you live from the Washington, D.C., Baltimore area. It's a lot of fun up here in the D.C., Baltimore area normally, but right now with everything going on in Washington, not so much fun. As I stated, President Trump has been impeached, and that happened on December 18th. Not one Republican in the House of Representatives voted to impeach the president. This is in spite of an amazing amount of evidence that was presented by ambassadors, by people close to the president who are saying, mm, you know, something's going wrong here. Basically, what happened is this. The president, since we've been away, decided that, you know what the best thing to do would be? Continue to work with Russia and make sure that mm, Ukraine doesn't work as well. If you've forgotten, Ukraine is the United States' partner. They are a friend of ours. Russia, not the people, but the government of Vladimir Putin, is not a friend of ours. So, of course, Donald Trump has decided that the best people to work with are Russia. And the Republican Party has decided the best thing that they can do is to support Donald Trump and not to support our country. So, with all this going on in the Senate trial, let's go back and look at what happened in the House. There was a lot of things in the House that were discussed, and a lot of people were disparaged and called names by Republicans, representing Donald Trump, interviewing witnesses, veterans, people who have Purple Hearts, recipients who served in war and served their country, something that Donald Trump never did, by the way, and none of his family ever did either. He was a draft dodger. Uh, he had a bad bone spur in the Vietnam War and didn't go. Was the Vietnam War wrong? Yeah. Would I have probably not gone? Maybe. But I wasn't the right age. He was the right age, and he decided a bone spur was the way to go. So this constant attacking that Mr. Trump has of attacking people who have served is very, very, very bad. Now, the Trump White House has several different defenses they're going to try, none of which have anything to do with the charges against him. The main charge against President Trump is that back earlier this year, in 2019, President Trump sent Rudy Giuliani, who we'll be discussing a lot, the president's personal attorney, 
Rudy Giuliani, went to Ukraine. His job in Ukraine was try to help invent a fake crime against Hunter Biden, that's former Vice President Biden's son, and the former Vice President. And this was to detract from what Donald Trump had done. Basically, Donald Trump had said on July 25th in a call with the new President Zelensky, who was just elected, the new President of Ukraine, he told him we needed a favor. He needed a favor. He wanted for in exchange to receive the $400 million that the United States had already said it would give the Ukraine to fight against Russia. Back on July 25th, the president said, we'll give you that money, but we need you to do a favor for us. And the rest has been history. Ever since then, it's been Rudy Giuliani as our main person talking for the Ukraine, talking about Russia, and speaking for the United States. The only problem with Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York, is he's the president's personal attorney, and he has no official capacity. It is extremely important that we go back and make a point so that people understand this. We cannot be sending the president's lawyer to the Ukraine to tell Ukraine that the $400 million we promised them to fight against Russia, who, by the way, invaded the Ukraine and Crimea several years ago, we cannot say to the Ukraine, we're going to hold your $400 million because we need you to do an investigation into former President Biden, Vice President Biden. And that's exactly what we've done through Rudy Giuliani. In a nutshell, that's what's happened. But there's so much more to it, folks. Now, the Trump's team's latest defense of the president has been widely circulated, and speculation has it that Donald Trump may have actually helped write this himself. If you've seen the president speak, and we've played him on previous uh, episodes of the show, and you've heard him say things, you understand that he doesn't have necessarily the most eloquent language in the world. But anyway, the legal brief filed by President Donald Trump's lawyers late last week called impeachment proceedings, quote, constitutionally invalid, even though impeachment is literally a part of the Constitution. And they also accused the Democrats of engaging in a brazen and unlawful attempt to overturn the results of the 2016 election. This is where I want to go back to the 2016 election, because our previous show, we were talking about that election, and we didn't think it was going to happen. We thought Hillary Clinton would win the presidency. And she won the popular vote. Let's remember that, folks. 65,844,610 votes. Donald Trump, 62,979,636 votes. 48.2% for Hillary Clinton. 46.1% for Donald Trump. But because the United States is only the only first world democracy that does not go by popular vote to decide their leader, we do not have Hillary Clinton as president. We have a mess and we have Donald Trump as president. So when he, Donald Trump and his cronies always talk about this all the time. It was an election mandate. It's what the people wanted. It wasn't what the people wanted, actually. It's what the Electoral College wanted, an antiquated system that 
puts all the power in these swing states like Ohio and Michigan and Florida. And a state like California, the biggest state in the country, the largest state with the most voters, it doesn't really matter because it's always going to go Democratic. So that's what we have to also keep reminding people. Hillary Clinton should be our president, but she's not. We have to make sure in 2020 that this does not happen again because of the disaster that we have now with President Trump in the Oval Office. Now, the legal brief also uh, talked a little bit about what the Democrats are trying to do and what the Democrats and really a lot of Republicans from former administrations are trying to do is to get control of the executive branch again, because right now it's completely out of control. The House of Representatives impeachment managers, and that includes Representative Adam Schiff, he is the head of the seven managers who act as prosecuting attorneys for the Senate trial going on right now. He issued a scathing rebuttal in which the impeachment managers tore apart the Trump's legal team claim that no president can be removed because of abuse of power. Quote, President Trump maintains that the Senate cannot remove him even if the House proves every claim in the articles of impeachment, the rebuttal states. That's a chilling assertion. It's also dead wrong. The framers deliberately drafted a constitution that allows the Senate to remove presidents who, like President Trump, abuse their power and cheat in elections, betray our national security, and ignore checks and balances. The filing then explains why abuse of power must be considered an impeachable offense for any president. Quote, when the framers wrote the impeachment clause, they aimed it squarely at abuse of office for personal gain, betrayal of national interests through foreign entanglements, and corruption of elections. President Trump has engaged in the trifecta of constitutional misconduct warranting removal. He is the framers' worst nightmare come to life. That's from Brad Reed from Raw Story, but a direct quote from Monday from what Adam Schiff said. He is the framers' worst nightmare come to life, and the Republican Party has decided that Donald Trump is the person we support and the person that we're going to defend, and the United States of America and our Constitution and our democracy is not something they are going to defend. That's why we're back on the air, folks, because now it's time to make a difference and save our democracy. We will be right back. Okay, so Mitch McConnell said, quote, I'm not an impartial juror. This is after the president was about to be impeached by the House. Now, when the next step, it goes to the Senate and we do have a trial, at that point, all 100 senators take an oath that they are going to be impartial and they're going to listen to both sides and make a decision, not for the benefit of the president, but for the benefit of the United States. Unfortunately, Mitch McConnell has decided that even beforehand, he's not going to be an impartial juror. This is a political process. There's nothing judicial about it. In actuality, it is a political process, and it is judicial. But being a political process doesn't mean that you have to automatically go 
with the president. Unfortunately, that's what McConnell did. Um, and McConnell predicted the whole exercise would be for naught because Trump will be acquitted by the GOP-led Senate. That's true. Right now, it looks like, if we have no witnesses, the Senate is going to acquit the president on these two articles of impeachment. The story will go on, however, beyond that, and we'll talk about more in the next episode. But the president can be impeached for other things, too. And Vice President Pence also can be impeached and removed from office. What will happen in 2020 is we hope that President Trump will be removed from office anyway with the election. But in the meantime, we do have to bring these charges and we do have to make sure that the American people understand what was going on. Because everything that comes out of President Trump's mouth at this point is a lie, basically. Uh, maybe if he says he wants more coffee, that's not a lie in the morning to uh, the servants in the White House. But the president has gone so far over the edge that it's incomprehensible. Republicans are even talking about this president and how he needs to be removed from office. So what happened to Mitch McConnell? Well, we don't know, but he wasn't the only one. And the one who really, really bothers me, who's also in the Senate, who's also the Senate Judiciary Chairman, is Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. According to Senator Lindsey Graham, just over four years ago, Donald Trump is, or was, apparently not anymore, but he was in 2015, a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. And that was on CNN and also on Fox News. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. That is a direct quote, and you just heard from Senator Graham. Now, after the election in 2016, suddenly everything changed. Senator Graham, by the way, who had been a huge ally of Senator McCain, and was considered by me and many, many other Democrats to be at least a fair Republican, conservative, but somebody who was fair and whose number one duty was to the United States of America, like John McCain, who was a prisoner of war for five years in Vietnam. By the way, President Trump attacked John McCain after he passed away. Again, this president seems to get away with everything. He doesn't serve in the military. He doesn't serve in Vietnam. He's not a prisoner of war. He doesn't have any medals. Nobody in his family serves in the war. They're not going to serve in a war. They're not going to serve in the military. And yet he attacks military people who have served and who have a Purple Heart and have served our country, and even been prisoners of war like Senator John McCain was, and attacks them for being un-American. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, after Trump's election, Graham fell in line and stated, I'm not trying to pretend to be a fair juror here. And again, this was about a month ago. He also compared the impeachment proceedings to, quote, a lynching. Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina, mind you, called this impeachment of the crook Donald Trump, who's committed endless crimes in office and has betrayed the United States and, as far as I'm concerned, guilty of treason. He said that this is like a lynching. Now, that's what President Trump said, too, back before that. Earlier in 2019, he said it's like a lynching. There's no justification. Here's the thing, folks. 
You can't go and say things like that and let them just pass and move on. That's the problem we have. We have to go back and say, this is what people said. Let's go back to Lindsey Graham in February 2016. Lindsey Graham, Senator Lindsey Graham said, I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. I think he is unfit for office. That's what Senator Lindsey Graham said just four years ago in February of 2016, that Donald Trump, the current president that he's in love with, was unfit for office. Now, four years later, not only is he fit for office, but all this stuff about Russia, it's all lies. All the stuff about the Ukraine, it's all lies, according to Senator Graham. According to, according to Senator McConnell, we're wasting our time. But talking about a you-know-what with President Clinton and having endless amounts of hearings and witnesses in the Senate, by the way, that the Republicans wanted, for that, for a sexual misconduct, that was critical. That was the end of the world. But now selling out our country to Russia and selling out our friends to Ukraine is not. Simply, stunningly unbelievable. So let's go over it again, just so people remember. This is something we have to repeat, and I do invite you to listen to those old episodes because there's a lot of great information on there. On December 18th, and this is from Salon, but this is just quoting directly, Donald J. Trump was impeached for trying to cheat in the 2020 elections by way of a blackmail scheme against Ukrainian President Zelensky. Over the weekend, the House released a 111-page document detailing the case against Trump and arguing the evidence is overwhelming and establishes that he is guilty and that if he's not removed from office, he will continue to be corrupt and fair elections will not happen. He will betray our national security and subvert our constitutional separation of powers. The president now thinks that he is basically like his friend Vladimir Putin in Russia, that he can say and do anything he wants and that nobody can stop him. That's the problem we have with the current system. The impeachment in the House happened only because the Democrats saw all the evidence and said, this guy's guilty. But the Republicans stood by their president above their country. Now in the Senate, every Republican that votes for Donald Trump to acquit him in the Senate is guilty of the same thing. They are guilty of treason against the United States of America, folks. And we're not going to pull any punches anymore, not that we did before, but the president has lost his mind. He's completely gone off the rails. He's gone off the deep end. And the only thing we can hope for, folks, is the 2020 election. The problem with the 2020 election is that the new president won't be taking office for about a year from now. Today's, uh, we're the end of January, so about a year from now, the new president would take office if our democracy survives. Now, this is from the Washington Post from Jennifer Rubin. A Democratic aide working on impeachment scorned the 110-page brief President Trump's lawyers filed on Monday. It's a 110-page tweet, maybe the longest tweet in history, the aide said. Another aide pointed out that the argument that abuse of power is not impeachable is pure garbage, as we say. The president's argument comes down to the bald face and false 
dissertation that a president can abuse power by enlisting a foreign power to corrupt an election. A trifecta. Abuse of power, betrayal of national security, election rigging that the framers of the Constitution saw as precisely the sort of conduct deserving of impeachment and removal from office. The president doesn't have to commit crimes, folks. He can do basically anything and be impeached for it because he's betraying the Constitution and betraying the United States. So the president's impeached forever. He probably won't be convicted by the Senate. Now, what's going to happen in the Senate, interestingly enough, as the trial has just begun, is it may end by the end of next week, because as I said, the Republicans control the Senate 52 to 48. And Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell wanted to dismiss all the charges. Uh, you know what? And President Clinton was worth impeachment and conviction. But betraying our country, according to Senator McConnell and Senator Graham and every freaking Republican there, it's not good. There's nothing to be worried about. Betraying our country is not a big deal. But a BJ is. That's what it came down to. And that's what it's going to come down to, folks. So what's going to happen? We're not going to hear witnesses unless four Republicans join the 48 Democrats and say, we want to hear witnesses. And that's only because you might have four Republicans who decide, well, we should have a fair trial. But guess what just happened? All the Republicans said, no, we're going to go along with President Trump. It's just like Russia. Vladimir Putin couldn't do it any better if he'd scripted it out. And in the next episode, we'll talk about the Iran connection. But the president tried to divert action to, by killing General Soleimani and almost starting a war with Iran just a few weeks ago. Fortunately, that did not happen. But the president made up excuses. The Iranians were going to attack our embassy. General Soleimani was a bad person, a bad man. There's no question about it. But we had no reason to attack him. There was no evidence. There was nothing to prove what the president said. The problem is President Trump tweets and tweets and tweets endlessly, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of tweets, and says anything he wants, and then that's the truth. That's what the Republicans believe. It doesn't matter what the facts are. The facts are no longer important, folks. And I said it online last week that the luckiest people in the United States of America are those people who had a rich and fulfilling life had a family that loved them, lived a long time, did what they wanted to do, travel, had friends that were with them all the way, and passed away on January 19th, 2017, and never had to be a part of being in a country with Donald Trump as president. And again, let's talk about it again real quick. The president lost the popular vote by nearly 3 million votes. The will of the people was not the will of the people. It was the will of the Electoral College. A vote by a U.S. citizen in California should be equal to a vote in Ohio, but it's not because the swing states are everything. And we already know California, the state I live in, Maryland, all of these blue states, they're not going to be campaigned in by the Republicans. All they care about is the swing states and winning the Electoral College again. We are about ready to wrap up our first episode, folks. We want to thank you again for being with us for episode one. 
and Making a Difference is back. Again, thanks to Dayron down in Florida, and we will be back again every week, every Sunday, and we'll also have special episodes as needed. Folks, we're here for the long haul, and we hope you'll be with us. Thanks for joining us on Making a Difference. I'm Eric Crossley.